1: The will to act is itself a renewable resource. Hello and welcome to Climactic. This time a bonus episode. I am, as always, Mark Spencer, your host, publisher of the Climactic Collective, the Trans-Tasman Podcast Collective for the climate community. I'm joined today by Jim Buckle, facilitator from Work Center. Jim, uh, what is the Work Center? Right in the deep
0: end. Yeah, the Group Work Centre has been running for a couple of decades now out of suburban Melbourne. We formed out of a, a place called Common Ground. Our co-founders, including Glenn Oka and Ed McKinlay, who ran Group Work for a long time, came from Common Ground, which is an intentional community in country Victoria, Australia, that uh, was set up In the 1980s as an alternative to regular ways of living and working together and had a special focus on collaboration and group work which it continues to do today and out of that centre which still works to this very day as a retreat for activist groups many of them from the climate and environment movement and be familiar to some of your listeners They set up the Group Work Center with a specific focus on working with groups, with teams, with anybody with an interest in collaboration, collaborative leadership, but especially in facilitation. So, how is it that people um, work together really well, and what can a facilitator add to that process? So, that's where we came from back in the early noughties, and with a history that dates from 1984.
1: Wonderful. And that's where you're a facilitator today. Is that right?
0: Yes, I'm one of about eight of us who do facilitation services. So we go out to groups, help them with things like teamwork, conflict resolution, uh, strategic planning, all sorts of things that groups need assistance with from external facilitators. But we also train facilitators, and we are the leading trainers of facilitators in australia
1: thanks for that jim there's going to be a lot in there about group work center that a lot of our listeners will find really interesting maybe some of them have been to group work before maybe to the retreats up to common ground but we could easily do a whole hour just about group work and its history it's amazing luckily there's a podcast about facilitation and a little bit about group work maybe one of these days there'll be a whole series about the group work center itself but um, hey, I jumped right in the deep end here because we're going to do this one very quick, especially for climactic. We're here to focus down on a new podcast from the Group Work Center, one that you're the
0: showrunner of, Jim. So, what's that called? It's called Facilitate This, um, which a name which came to us through someone who might be on the other end of this microphone. <laughs> <laughs> um, thanks for that, Mark. Look, uh, we we call it Facilitate This. The focus is very much on practical tips stories from the field uh, what experts in their field have to offer on a range of subjects we've got eight episodes in the can ready to go so far and hopefully there will be a new series perhaps next year or later this year so those eight episodes cover Um, topics that will be entry points for a range of facilitators. So we start with basics. What is it that we do, the role of the facilitator? How do we do it? How do we help community-based groups in all the good work that's happening at the grassroots across a range of areas? Um, and that might be welfare, it might be education, it might be environment, it might be cleaning up the local creek, it might be working with boards and committees, local government, state government, we do corporate workers work as well, um, including at the national broadcast of the ABC. So there's a range of groups that we've worked with over many, many years. And each of those episodes will atta- will approach it from... Uh, areas of expertise that people bring to a particular field. So we look at conflict, we look at power, rank and diversity, how this might impact on groups. Um, And we look at specific areas like working in therapy groups. So if you've got, for example, a drug and alcohol issue and your facilitator is running your group, what are the skills that they're using? How are they working effectively with that group? So we range across all these topics and we provide a number of entry points. For example, we invite each of these um, facilitators to talk about magic moments that they've experienced and we log these. So um, what we encourage people to do in their facilitation efforts is actually reflect on what went really well, but on the other side of that coin, when they make mistakes, make mistakes, as we all do from time to time, how did they recover? And what were the learnings? This is very much part of the practice of working with groups is this reflective notion that we're all slightly imperfect. It's what makes us human. And that's no less the case just because we're standing up in front of a group Mm. providing assistance.
1: There's a lot in there that I'm sure perked our listeners ears up. You know, there is of course, groups around a lot of environmental issues, very famous ones, 350, AYCC, Galilee Blockade, Stop Adani, and some of the examples you provided there around how a like a local environmental group, like a cleanup or creek group, how they function, how the group dynamic works, how it can be improved, how you can overcome conflict and everything. Uh, it's all in there, but are you kind of uh, thinking about a climate engaged audience at all with this show, is there do you think there's some gems in there for you know the audience of Climactic to, to find and facilitate this?
0: Look, definitely. I would say that the history of group work and facilitation is entwined with our care for the planet. And I say that for good reason. Where Glenn Oaker in particular came from, um, And the ideas that that really sparked her interest in group work came from very early childhood and observing that the greatest collaborator of all is the natural world. Mm. And that this beautiful planet that we were gifted with many thousands of years ago and had custodianship of for many of those thousands of years from traditional societies in particular, we've gone awry that with somehow we're missing the balance that we need, the harmony that we need in order to be able to connect with all human life and other forms of life. Yeah, And Glenn's observations based on her childhood on a farm in central New South Wales, observing the patterns of collaboration in nature actually formed the very first uh, stimulus for her. She thought, well, if If the natural world has adapted to collaborate in such a finely tuned way, where have we gone wrong? So if we extend that out to her work coming out of the social change movement of the 50s and 60s and 70s, and she was very much um, a part of that, that world, certainly second wave feminism, and she worked very closely with environmental groups, And with Friends of the Earth being one in particular, with a whole range of social change activists from that period. So there was a realisation that we're not very good at dealing with things collaboratively because for so long in post-industrial society, we've been, and even before, we've been led by so-called leaders and hierarchies. And so when the emphasis comes back on us to be responsible for ourselves and to make decisions for ourselves, we don't always have the skills. And this is how the facilitation movement grew through the 60s and 70s and led to the establishment of places like group work. So very fundamentally, yes, the history of that movement since the 60s has been very closely tied to the environment movement and now the climate movement. Many of our graduates who've come out of collaborative leadership training, facilitation training, are well placed in some of these Peak bodies now, Environment Victoria, Ceres, the environment park uh, very widely known throughout Melbourne in Brunswick East. Um, A lot of the leaders in these places have actually done group work training and place a great deal of emphasis on collaborative leadership, which is the flip side of facilitation. So yeah, there is a lot to offer. And I suppose really when we think about it, what we're talking about when we talk about collaborative leadership and facilitation is the ability to manage conflict and to ease our way through uh, disagreement, yeah? Because when we're passionate people, it's inevitable there will be a degree of conflict. It's not a bad thing. It's how we get through it and how we manage it collaboratively that is key. And what we found working with groups across a range of Areas over many, many years is that often people lack these skills because they're not intrinsically taught and they're not intrinsically part of the modern day culture because we somehow let that side of things slip. So we provide, hopefully, a degree of skills that help people to manage things in a way that is truly collaborative. And we place a great deal of emphasis on values. Um, going up the rainbow of our approach, a group work centre. There's the collaboration in the natural world that forms the bedrock. Then there's values and principles which guide us, which provide us with the means to get where we want to go that makes clear to us and to everyone that we're working with that we're coming from a place of safety and respect and all the values that come with working collaboratively so that's very important to us and all the groups that we work with then we look at self-awareness because the other thing that we found is that time and again we haven't learned properly to manage our own triggers in order to be able to help manage others glenn famously said we can't deal with everybody else's crap until we can deal with our own it's a very candid way of saying um, really cuts through. Uh, self-awareness is right up there with the skills that we encourage people to learn and to reflect upon. Then we go through communications and micro skills and the, the little things that we do in conversations, in working together to tease out where differences lie, where common commonalities lie, and and finding bridges over those differences. So it's not papering over cracks, it's actually listening really intently before and and surveying the terrain before we jump to conclusions or solutions, because we're very often um, trying to find solutions to problems without fully understanding the nature of the problem and where our, our commonalities lie so that we can build a path that works best for everyone. And then at the very top is the processes and the frameworks for getting through particular issues. For us that's important, but it's not it's the fifth of five stages. And for many people that work in this field that's where they start and they've missed out on the the bedrock. So we place a great deal of emphasis on being actually systematic in the way that we approach it. Yeah.
1: There's so much in what you said that you know, appeals to me and it will appeal to the audience of Climactic. And they'll all be wanting a lot more from you. They could listen to you talk about this all day or other people who are passionate about facilitation. And that's why I'm so happy to tell them that, yes, there is an entire podcast series about this. So you can get a lot more of Jim and at least half a dozen other amazing facilitators, passionate reasons for why they do what they do and why they love it. You know, the so-called leadership we've had, since the industrial revolution has created a lot of issues and the collaborative leadership that group work helps groups work through and reach uh, that is the only place that that has got to be the starting point for solutions to the climate crisis to a to a new paradigm of living a new way of doing our work and relating to each other does that sound about right to you kind of putting it as succinctly as possible how is facilitation linked to solutions to the climate crisis
0: I think there's two things that I would finish on. One is a concept that we have as a fundamental principle of our approach to the role of the facilitator and group work, and that is that the wisdom is always in the group. When you think about it, that's quite a radical, even revolutionary approach, because it turns on its head that we need strong people as leaders to guide us. Yeah, if we accept that the leadership, sorry, the wisdom for any problem is always going to be found in the group and that it's our role as facilitators to draw that out or help the group to draw it out for themselves, then we've actually turned on the head this need to have decisions made for us. And uh, we've also questioned the nature of representative democracy, yeah? Yeah. Um, Which again is interesting because when you decide things collaboratively, you don't vote. And what are we doing as the fundamental thing that we do when we choose our representatives to make big decisions for us as we vote? Uh, I'm not sure that there's a better solution to that right now and here, but in many other areas of our lives there is. So that's the one thing that we look for, perhaps more than any other when we're working with groups, is making it accessible drawing out the wisdom by making that place safe welcoming and the best possible place for us to consider all the options that lie in front of us and I think the last thing that I'd leave you with is a little saying that we have on the front of our website and that is that the world needs great facilitators yeah more than it needs a great individual strong leaders yeah? And that when we are able to work so successfully and we see this time and again with groups to come to the best solution for everyone, not necessarily the one that everybody is happy with, but the one that everyone can live with, it strengthens the group and it strengthens their resolve to make the world a better place and to see their particular aims And ambitions come to fruition, which is something that that I know the climate movement shares very much. And there's a sense of urgency about that now. So, yeah, to wrap it up, that's the world that we want. And I'm sure it's the world that your listeners want, too.
1: 100%. So where can they get more? Where can they listen to this podcast, Jim?
0: Uh, facilitate this is available on all the regular podcast apps and it's also available through the group work center website groupwork.com.au slash podcast
1: sounds perfect we're going to play it out here with the trailer for the show so any any final words jim
0: go well everybody you're all doing great work and if we can provide any support for you in any way possible start by listening to the podcast and take it from there Perfect. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks, Mark.
1: The first thing I find that's really useful is to breathe. If you don't breathe, you're frightened.
0: Welcome to Facilitate This, the new podcast from the Group Work Centre. Throughout this series, facilitator Jim Buckle will be interviewing professional facilitators with expertise in their chosen topic. Jim, tell us what's in store. What's this podcast all about? These eight episodes feature Group Work Centre graduates talking about some of the building blocks of facilitation, from inclusion to planning, getting people moving, and some of the trickier stuff like therapy groups, conflict, rank and power, and collaborative decision-making.
1: People understanding where everyone's coming from and then working through a decision that everyone can live with. Sounds like there's something for everyone who works with groups.
0: That's what we've aimed for. It touches on stuff we cover in Group Work Centre training, and it offers something for facilitators working in all kinds of settings so it's a refresher on our craft and a way of connecting and finding support in what can be an isolated and complex job for me movement and dance has has been such an amazing way of being well and then showing up well as a facilitator facilitate this coming to you soon from the group work center
1: and found wherever you get your podcasts